Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello, and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranges McBasketball. And today we are going to kind of put all the pieces together. We've talked to these last few pods about different wings and bigs and guards that could be potential fits in L.A. Uh, for the money and the role. And today we're going to try and put it all together in a practical sense with the salary cap and the kind of right order of operations to get some of this stuff done properly. But Tim, man, this is, this is really fun. We, today we spent all afternoon basically toying with this, you know, Excel spreadsheet with, uh, with all these player values and kind of different, uh, variables. But I remember I hit you with the, yo, is this based on like Luol Dang's salary getting cleared, which the Lakers applied for some relief and you're just, oh, fuck. Like, no, it's not. So there's a lot of variables you got to consider. Uh, but that was a, a big curveball. And it could really show you how valuable that extra five mil could be trying to do this, this exercise. Yeah, we spent probably, I mean, not continuously, but over the past four or five hours. Yeah, we've been fine tuning this, plugging in different values. Uh, like you said, we started off not considering Dang in the spreadsheet I set up, set up. And I was, I was actually really happy and, and optimistic about what LA could do. And then you texted me that and I was like, Oh no, that changes everything. Like I like this so much less now than I did before. You have to think about that. You have to think about, uh, we had to like go, like I was looking over the CBA. I was looking over like yep. the uh, Larry Kuhn CBA FAQs, um, just to make sure we're on the same page with everything and abiding by the right rules. So you can, this this is the pod we've done the pods in the past where we went over individual guys and given we gave you our thoughts we won't do that as much here it'll be more yeah. the you know putting everything together um so if you want that more in-depth stuff go to those other pods but this will be the one that uh somebody was uh dming me and they're like is this the pod that i can just take the answers to and and take them as my own and go talk to my friends as though i did all the work and i was like yep this yeah, is exactly this that, is pod. that pod uh, yes sir everything we're doing We've double checked. It's legal. It works with the CBA. The values will add more context around, but they should be the right market values for players. So it should be realistic. Here's what my plan A would be. It's not going to be like, all right, we're going to sign Gallo for the mid-level mm-hmm. and then we're going to get Ibaka on the min. Yeah. And then we're going to get Goran Drag. Like this, this is what might actually be able to happen. And hopefully that can help set some expectations for what we do see and it'll be uh i've gained so much respect over the past just couple hours just over this afternoon for how much needs to be considered when putting together a cap sheet and figuring out this just this whole process it's not as easy as you think and i'm glad we didn't try to do this over the past few pods because it would have just been so much more work totally it's yeah it's a great uh exercise to do and maybe we'll try to put this out there in our discord to show people uh the way you can kind of plug names and dollar values in with you know based on the breakdown of bobby mark's projections like you said and it was great um throwing ideas you know uh i i personally um try had to get very creative and I don't, we'll get into more specifics, but there's a little teaser. I have zero dollars mm-hmm. in room left. I am literally at the dollar of the apron. So that shows you how kind of tricky this jigsaw puzzle is to put together. Well, also, you know, it's like it's not just pieces and numbers and data. These are people as well. So that's, you know, something I always consider of, um, you know, there's this certain kind of max that we can give KCP or Rondo, for example, while still maintaining either the full mid level or the the mini mid level. So, you know, I just assume based on the, the Lakers culture, how they, you know, value their players, they always, you know, kind of overpay that. I think those guys are willing to come. That's the discount part, right? Where they'll 
I will take this number that allows you to maybe try to use your full mid level, but I'm not taking a dollar less. So that's Mm -hmm. where that was kind of my starting point with those two guys. Just assuming they'd come back, you know, we've slightly overpaid KCP the last few years. I don't know if that buys you anything, Um, but that's kind of where my starting point was. And, and and that helps once you get the framework around, you know, like, okay, I think JaVale's going to opt in. That's kind of an easy, you know, path. I had kind of a, a variable on Bradley because there was that report recently, right? That he uh, had fired his agent and switched that up. I You got to think that, you know, maybe that's because their agent was saying like, no, opt into this deal. And he wasn't happy with that, that he thought he mm-hmm. could get uh, a better deal somewhere. And that's that's what the smoke is for me. But uh, was there any particular variables aside from Dang that really just threw you for a loop in this process? Yeah, as we get deeper into it, you'll figure out that there was a guy or two that just kind of get squeezed in the, this process with what I'd like to do. Yeah. But some of the variables, I think, are... Like one of them that's more, I guess, on the Lakers end is do you bring back specific guys who are lower on the bench just for the intangible piece of things or the off-court stuff and not necessarily the on-court impact or scheme or anything like that, like a a Quinn Cook or a Jared Dudley? Uh, What Dwight is willing to take, what Markeith is willing to take, those were the other two other than Bradley where – I had to come up with different contingency plans because I think KCP will be able to get him back. Like you said, I I believe they'll work with him. They'll get him everything they're able to. Mm -hmm. And if they're giving him any less than what he feels he should be paid, it'll be purposeful and they'll be able to communicate, hey, you're going to get this much less money. And with that, it gives us this flexibility to go after X player. Are are you bought into that idea? Like, we're not just going to give you less money to give you less money. Mm -hmm. So I I think that'll work out. Rondo was the guy for me that I I think he'll struggle to take the money I have left over to give to him. Hmm. Um, And we can get more into that. But yeah, Bradley's the one key variable. And I have a, if he does this, here's how I'd approach it. If he doesn't, here's how I'd approach it. But Dwight and Marquis for the other two. Um, But why don't we, before we get into those specifics, what are the just kind of baseline assumptions we can work off of. I think McGee opting in, that was one of them. Uh, you, I, I didn't make any huge trades, or let's just say like Danny Green's still on the roster, Kyle Kuzma's still on the roster, Alex Caruso, THT, LeBron. Those are the guys that were on the team, will be on the team. Um, and then with Anthony Davis, the assumption is that he will resign at whatever the the max is he's able to get. And I would have him at a two plus one. Yep. So he has that player option at the end yep. where he can leave and then re-sign at a new higher 35% max of the cap yeah. instead of the 30% he can do now while having the flexibility of if he gets injured or something, he can opt into that third season. So that I think that is just the, we should be the same, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then we get into the fun stuff. Everything else besides Bradley, I think, is is fairly locked in. Uh, and I even thought Bradley was pretty locked in as well before, you know, considering this, this you know, table we're looking at here. Now that you consider Bradley might opt out, it, it gets a lot more interesting and you get a little more flexibility to actually use the full MLE, where if Bradley opts in, that's almost like a certainty you can't. Uh, I think, mm-hmm. and and actually fill get the Lakers to the minimum thirteen players, um, but yeah, I guess I guess let's dive into it, Tim. I want to start with yours first because you talked a little bit about it there. It seems like Rondo was the guy that squeezed out for you. I had a hard time with that because of I truly think what Rondo's impact uh, on the court without playing is like his everyone's spoken about it you know after the fact and it, it seems like that valuable and I'm I'm happy to give him basically that number which I think is 6.8 million that's that's where I went with him and I was happy to do it whether he accepts it or not is another thing but you just decided to to cut him out and and kind of go a different path so so break that decision down for us yeah so I didn't base it off of I don't want Ron, Rajon Rondo. Sure, sure. That wasn't the starting point. My starting point and how I approached this was, okay, given what we know already, here are the possible free agents where they might be available. I want to focus my strategy on having enough cap space to have the full mid-level exception, that full 9.3-ish 
uh, mid-level exception. And in order for me to do that, if JaVale's opting in and we re-sign KCP, I have him at $12 million. Um, the market value that Bobby Marks had for him was between 12 and 14. I'm going to have him at 12. Uh, and I've seen some other folks throw that number around. So I think that's somewhat realistic. And then I'm going to stretch Quinn Cook. Uh, I'm going I'm to cut him and stretch his million dollar guaranteed salary. If you keep him, he's three mil. If you cut him, he's one mil. If you cut him and stretch him, he's a third of a million dollars. And something I actually toyed with in the beginning was stretch him and then actually resign him for the minimum. And I think that is still an option you can look at if, if the team, if you decide, you know, for, for locker room or AD purposes, you want him on this roster. But after some of those other moves at the margins, for me to keep that full MLE and pay KCP what I want to pay him, I need Rajon Rondo to be taking like $4 million instead of about $7 million. And I don't think he'll take that. If he does, I'll have him back. But I think that's more. I think that's less than he wants. It actually is within the Bobby Marks projection for what his market rate might be. Uh, he has him at between. Let me double check this. Yep, four to six million dollars. So if he's willing to take that, or if that's what the market ends up being for him, and he's like, and he, you know, he plays the market, doesn't get a good offer, and then comes back, I'm thrilled with that. But having DJ Augustine as a backup. And his market being right around that $4 million range was what gave me the confidence to say, all right, you know what? I'm going to go for that full MLE. I like the guys I might be able to get there and we're going to downgrade or maybe not downgrade from Rondo to Augustine. And I think we can make it work. We've, we've talked about Augustine. We've talked about what he can do, what he can't do, how you might want to change around the, the approach with that second bench unit. But, uh, it's, it's good enough. And I think it would be worth it in, in my eyes to, make that sacrifice, keep Rondo if he's willing to stay, but focus on getting that full MLE. So what you're doing there in essence, you know, when you break it down is you're saving a couple million, right? So it gives you flexibility to get another solid minimum guy, maybe a Kyle Korver or Glenn Robinson. You know, I'm just putting out other guys we talked about that we liked, you know, for that spot. Mm -hmm. Um, so it buys you another roster spot, kind of a little bit more depth too. And it's, it's also giving you some more money to resign who Markeith. Yeah. Markeith was the guy that I wanted to bring back. Mm-hmm. I, I loved white back. Um, but Markeith was the one where I, I looked and I thought of who were the backup, who, who are the small ball fives that we can have. And some of those other options were guys like Millsap, who's going to be a full MLE guy. Or uh, Jamichael Green, who's going to be probably a full MLE or close to that kind of guy. The only other guy that I think I had on my list, um, James Johnson, he's going to opt in because he's he's making like $14 million, so he's not going to be a free agent. But Jeff Green, he's like that backup if Morris leaves, and I think that's a substantial downgrade from what Markeith brings. If, if, you, if he does leave and you do go after Jeff Green for a small ball five, he would be probably available at the minimum. But I think you're screwed if if – uh, Markeith leaves, so I would really focus on grabbing him. And LA doesn't have his bird rights, but they're able to still re-sign him on a one-year deal that's 120% of his last deal. So he would be coming at, back at just a couple thousand dollars under $2.8 million. So that was, I want him back. Uh, Dwight, I actually had leaving. I'm going to let him walk, and instead I'm going to go after Willie Cauley-Stein and offer him more money than he would get if he opted into his deal with Dallas. And hopefully, you know, slightly more money, better situation to win would be able to get him over. And we've spoken about how he has some upside and would be able to play well alongside AD and really change the game with what LA is able to do. Because I think if you don't bring Dwight back, I wouldn't try to replace Dwight necessarily. I think you can go a different direction with that big man spot. And Willie Cauley-Stein makes a lot of sense. Or maybe you go after Marcus Saul, Nerlens Noel, Tristan Thompson in that order for me as Dwight slot replacements. Although I think Thompson will go for more money than I believe he's worth. So he probably won't end up making my team. I mean, this is all fascinating to, to do this exercise and understand, like basically you thought that losing Markeith would be like less replaceable than losing Rondo, you know, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the equation that those two players aren't, don't play the same position that, you know, they don't do even close to the same things on offense and on defense, but 
those are the decisions you have to make, you know, to to see like, okay, Augustine can provide this amount of, of replacement with no one can replace Markeith. So the the net kind of, you know, risk on one side is substantially greater than than then another side is kind of where you're landing there. I personally don't think Markeith would sign for that little. Uh I I mean I don't know. I I'm skeptical and um, you know, I'll talk about my path here coming up, but I also did a separate path where the Lakers just bring everyone back, right? And they, I had them giving Markeith Morris the mini mid-level, the full mini mid-level, which I think he could easily get from another playoff team. Um, and that would still be kind of a, you know, I think Marks has him between four and six. So that's on the higher end yep. of it, but I could just, I could see him getting eight as well. That wouldn't blow me away because small ball fives are hard to find. That's not the only the Lakers mm-hmm. are the only team going to be looking for one like that, you know. Yeah, and and taking that back to me, if you talk to him and he says I'm not willing to take any less than four or five million dollars, then the question you have to ask yourself is if if I do give him that, that means I'm probably not going to be able to use my full mid level. So mm-hmm. is that? downgrade there worth the upgrade from yeah for me it would be from jeff green to markeith morris right because there are other small ball fives but just the, the money doesn't quite work so those are the two guys that i would be considering that are you know if i can't get markeith all right fine i'll get a min guy that can do some of those same yep. things uh it would be a, definitely a, a big downgrade from a three-point shooting standpoint um and that's where the the big concern would be for me so yeah that was that was my approach that would be my contingency plan but yeah, the, I think you did a good job pointing out like what my thought process was and right. the options I was weighing. Um, yeah, so why don't I, I'll, I'll round out mine. Sure. So I said I'm going to get Augustine at f- about 4.1 mil, resign Markeith at just under three. If he leaves, you go after Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to cut Quinn Cook. I'm not going to resign him. Instead of that, I would like to sign Josh Jackson for the minimum. Because with the approach I'm taking, I'm not adding any t- any other types of wing stoppers to the roster. And I think at a late bench spot, if off-court stuff happens and you need to cut him, you can cut him. But that is the dart throw I'd be willing to make for a guy that could, in theory, be a wing stopper that we talked about before. If, if he's coming from a D-plus three-point openness situation to an A three-point openness situation, I think that shooting can rise and LA can find more value in him than Memphis could have just because they couldn't present those same good opportunities to him. So that's my thinking there. And then I'd go after Willie Colley Stein to replace Dwight uh, and be signing him at about $2.5 million, just above he'd be getting about 2.3 mil with the Mavs. Um, And maybe you can argue he'll take less to come to a title contender. Maybe not. And if so, I think with any of these, if I'm able to save a couple thousand here or there, that money would end up going to either Augustine or Rondo, if he'll take it, and if not, going to KCP, because all of the rest of them are kind of locked in. The minimum's kind of locked in. The MLE's kind of locked in. And then with that MLE, the question then becomes, there are three guys I'd look at, Sergi Baca, Danilo Gallinari, and Paul Millsap. I would prioritize the first two, uh, Ibaka and, and Gallo. And for me, I think Gallo provides much better offense, but I am very inclined to lean towards Ibaka just because of what he defensively would be able to provide, how that would be a good fit if Markeith doesn't come back, and how his short role playmaking capability, even though he doesn't do it on on high volume, would be a, a good answer to potential questions other teams could be asking of the Lakers scheme. So I I like that. And then defensively, I think in the playoffs, you know, this you're bringing about the same core guys. And then if you add Ibaka, that's someone that fits right in with that switching scheme and can be a mobile guy defending ball screens more aggressively or be dropping. He, he can kind of do what you want him to do. He fits in really well. Uh, whereas Gallinari, I think the, on offense, he'd be a boost. And I think if you don't bring KCP back, I would definitely focus more on Gallinari. But with some of the other players I have, I'd be more willing to take a less talented offensive player that I have more confidence in on the defensive end because Gallo just is not a good defender. If the Lakers are switching, he's going to be targeted a lot. His his ball screen defense is really poor. His off-ball defense isn't all that great. So he's he's someone I can see in the playoffs us 
having to figure out how to hide in a way that we didn't have to deal with these past playoffs. And that concerns me. So I can clear, I can obviously get behind going after him with the MLE, but I'm going to say Ibaka. So I'm going after Ibaka, Willie Colley Stein, Josh Jackson at the min, DJ Augustine, keeping Morris, cutting Cook, letting Waiters and Dudley walk. I'm going to say uh, Bradley opts out. If Bradley opts in, really what that changes for me is then instead of the full MLE, you have the mini. And then I'd be going after like Mo Harkless uh, or Wesley Matthews if he's available. Or if I can't get Harkless, I'll go after Justin Holiday. And if I can't get Holiday, I'm going after Kent Bazemore. And then the other domino that would trickle down from that is if I get one of those wing stopper types of guys, instead of signing Josh Jackson at the minimum, I would go after either Kyle Korver or Glenn Robinson, probably in that order. I think I've covered all of my if this, then that scenarios. But if I've missed anything, please let me know. There's so many more. You know, it. there's like this, you know, I mean, we're not even barely considering a lot of trades here. And that's like an entirely mm-hmm. other variable that's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so but really quick, just to round out the rest of your team, I want to mention a di- another difference between yours and I. Uh, you have the uh, 28th pick on here. Yep. And I only have 14 guys. Right. Yep. I, I'm keeping the pick and I only have 14 roster players. I have that 15th slot. I'm just not going to fill. And you're allowed to have 15 dudes. LA can resign their, their two way guys and have some flexibility there. But uh, LA just needs to have at least 13 players. So mm-hmm. by saving that one more roster spot, I have more money to be able to give to some of the players I want. No, it totally makes sense. And I, I did the same. I, I just barely got to 13, which to me makes this makes my path a lot less viable because I don't think that's probably going to happen. But I, I like my path, you know. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, but the pick is a, the pick is a good call out because that's yeah. a place where you and I differed. And you had a really great, smart thing that I didn't really consider when I was building this that I think is still very plausible and, and could be what we end up seeing with the Lakers. So why don't you walk us through your scenario and how that how that played out. Sure, sure. You know, um, to respond to your idea, I love Serge Ibaka. I'm less convinced, I think, that he'll take that money, but I would love to see that. Um, But basically what I ended up doing there to save myself that extra million, couple million to get up to keep Rondo is kind of, I think, the difference was I packaged the 28th pick with Quinn Cook. And I, I believe that it would be fair to say, you know, five to 10 teams would take the 28th pick in a draft that isn't particularly great, but it's, it's, it's middle heavy. You could get a role player maybe at 28. Uh, and I don't personally see a path for that player on this Lakers team to have any substantial future in the near future or opportunity. So personally, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's dirty business. I don't love it. You know, using it to, and Quinn Cook's a small contract. A lot of teams are willing to take it and just say, here, we'll give you two second round picks in the future or, you know, a heavily, heavily protected first round pick that's like top 20 protected three years from now. I, you know, I could see some kind of shenanigans, you know, to give you, you don't have to stretch Cook. You don't have to eat that million guarantee that he has, uh, which mm-hmm. is another option. If you don't want to let him go, you just pay him the million. It counts towards your cap, well, but. Well, if you don't want, if you don't let him go, if you keep him, he's a three million hit. If you cut him, well, he's a one million hit. He's a, he has one million guaranteed. But, if you trade him, it's zero dollars. Right. But this and is. And if you cut him and then stretch him, it's a third of a million. But this is the issue. Actually, uh, tra- once training camp starts, he could be on your roster, count toward a roster spot, get a million, but he's not guaranteed that money until he makes the roster. So you just cut him then. Okay. However, that okay. million still has to count against the cap uh, by the mm-hmm. time free agency rolls around. So if you need to, you know, that three million isn't c- counting against the cap, basically. Right. Um, it- and talk to us about so so that's what you're saving on the cook side. Yes. With uh on the on the twenty eighth side, by going from the twenty eighth pick, which would be a one point one million nine hundred sixty four thousand seven hundred sixty dollar right. cap hit. You go down from that to the minimum, which would be one million six hundred twenty thousand five hundred sixty four. So in theory you're saving or you could potentially save three hundred thousand or if you just don't fill the slot at all you save that full almost $2 million. Right. And so what I ended up doing was, yeah, I believe that I'm kind of working on the assumption that Jared Dudley is coming back. 
Uh, and so I kind of slotted in a veteran minimum or, you know, like a minimum salary cap hit for him. Um, mm-hmm. That also lets you get Willie Cauley style. And here's basically where it all comes together for me is I, I chose Gallinari for the mid-level. Um, I think the Lakers need to drastically kind of improve their offensive output this coming season because in my opinion, the greatest threat is the Warriors. Um, and they're coming off a down year, obviously. They got to put it all back together. But, you know, being able to have a guy that can score you 20 off the bench, which is not Kyle Kuzma, you know, that's not anyone else on the bench, really. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he's a absolutely a different caliber of player from what the Lakers saw this past season. I want to get that very clear. If he takes the mid-level, he's taking less than he could. Totally. If he takes any less than that, I would be very very surprised i cannot imagine him taking any lower than the full mid-level exception and if he does it's a pretty big bargain and so that was my philosophy right i want to get gallo to kind of balance this team out a little bit i also love building strength on the strength with ibaka that i you know we talked about it that lineup would be nasty with him and ad and lebron um but you know i ended up uh actually re-signing KCP for a little bit more than you did. I think you put him at 12. I put him at 13. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I, I had using this, some of this money I saved with cook in the pick. I give those guys close to, uh, as much as possible in KCP and Rondo, uh, while still giving them the opportunity to use the full MLE on Gallo. Mm-hmm. And then, then you go back with, Oh, and I just realized the fault in both our plans, Tim, is that, yeah, the Lakers can't sign Willie Cauley-Stein for anything more than around $1.7 million or the minimum salary uh, because they are over the cap. So they cannot give him a raise uh, to entice him mm. to leave Dallas. Oh, geez. This just speaks to how complicated this is. It uh, is. Okay. So – <laughs> Let me before you keep going. All right, so so back to my scenario. If we can't pay him that, he if he is coming, he'd have to take uh what it'd be about half a million dollar pay cut from what yeah. he's making in Dallas. Maybe I and and I'm not prepared at this moment to confidently say this, but maybe you're able to find some sort of unlikely incentives to get the money somehow up or I don't know maybe he ends up getting some endorsements or something maybe he sees a path where financially it makes more sense for him or he's just willing to make less money for a better chance at a title I would still pursue him if you can't get him and we're looking at minimum guys I think dang this makes it this makes it more well hold on hold on check this out then what if you trade you know your number one pick Quinn Cook to Dallas for Willie Cauley Stein oh there you go there you go. That's a way to make it work. And another difference between yours and my scenario was that trade of the pick. Going back to my scenario, I think if I were to do that same thing and trade the pick in Cook for just a future second, that doesn't count against me. Since I had 14 roster slots, if I move down to 13, if that saves me like $2 million, that's money I can give to Rondo instead of DJ Augustine. So maybe I can get up to that six-ish million dollars, a little over $6 million to keep Rondo around. So I, I I can see the appeal of different looks. Yeah. I think it'll come down to what you think about who's available at 28. Yeah. Um, I think either way, Ellie would have to draft the player first and then trade him. Is that correct? Correct. Uh, and and yeah, okay. you could argue maybe Dallas sends back a second or like, yeah, future second. Because mm-hmm. Willie Cauley-Stein is not trade a first round pick level, even if it's a late pick. This is, you know, and I wonder if he wants to be in Dallas because they have even a worse log jam at, at the five than the Lakers do with assuming Powell's coming back. They've Kleba and Porzingis are all guys mm-hmm. that kind of have to play the five or at least Kleba can shoot a little bit uh, around them. But he was pretty bad in the playoffs, too. I just don't see Colley right. Stein having a role post Powell recovery. Yep. So I can see him being into it from the Dallas side of it for them taking out one of those players in that log jam and replacing it with a, a first round draft pick this year, which, you know, maybe they move again. They, they are a team that I can see being interested in some sort of trade to add just one more piece to what they have because uh, they just don't quite have the, the cap room this time around, but I, I don't think they're quite at that contending level yet. So I, I think they'll be 
open to options like this because even if they don't end up keeping that 28, maybe they repackage that and mm-hmm. try to make some moves on their own. So it, it gives them another asset. So yeah, I can, I can see them having interest in this deal. So that, that can make sense. And if not, you're looking again at minimum guys and, or I mean, or you, you just try to retain Dwight. So keep Dwight if you can. If you can't keep Dwight, maybe you, I don't know, see if you can convince Nerlens Noel to take less money. Right. Or, Marcus Saul probably not to take less money or Willie Hernan Gomez you go after uh I don't know not not a ton of great options maybe you go go get Jeff Green yeah um so it's yeah it's there aren't just a thousand different options out there that that make a ton of sense so it's I think keeping Dwight or if you can't keep Dwight I think you figure out what what Willie Collie Stein might look like first and then you decide what you're going to do with Dwight but running things back uh, another example of where running things back can make things just um, just much, much easier for LA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I'm going to get into that kind of pathway in a second. But so uh, housekeeping note, right, uh, is that Willie Cauley-Stein, if the Lakers chose to trade for him, would have to opt into his $2.286 million contract. Now, what I was what I was trying to pitch before I realized I messed up my math was I was like, Willie Cauley-Stein, in order to get exactly to the apron, would have to take like a $5,063 pay cut. Uh, but this is what you do instead. You just go to KCP and you just be like, this is, you know, just, I'm sorry, a rounding error, KCP. Uh, <laughs> you know, we, we have to take $5,000 back from you. Like he's like, hey, whatever, it's five, five K, you know, <laughs> but that's how you yep. can still get to exactly the apron is, KCP Rondo takes a $5,000 pay cut. Um, and then rounding out my mind, I, I also believe uh, a deal signed at two plus one. That was kind of like a guarantee to me. Um, and I, I have Kyle, them signing Kyle Korver at the minimum, as well as retaining Jared Dudley to get to 13 players, including uh, Kostas and, and Kaycock as two ways. So that's mm-hmm. literally at the apron. Lakers add Gallinari. They lose uh, Markeith Dwight, the first round pick, Quinn Cook, Bradley. Bradley. Uh, that's the key here, right? This doesn't work if Bradley opts in, um, kind of mm-hmm. for either of our scenarios. Yeah. And, and for me, it was if he opts in, you have the mini MLE instead. And, mm-hmm. and I would go for one of those wing stopper types of guys. What would your path forward be if he decides to opt in instead of leave? So in my opinion, you know, the most chalky outcome is that the Lakers move around what they have to basically bring everyone back to only lose one player. And I think that's still Dwight Howard personally. So mm-hmm. what the Lakers can do is Avery Bradley opts in at five million. They decide to give that mini med level to Marquise instead uh, of outgoing outside. You know, they bring back Dudley. They they have that one million on Quinn Cook, which you know, they could choose to bring him back because they wouldn't be forced to stay under the apron. This this team is going over the luxury tax if you want to if Avery Bradley opts in, you want to retain Markeef, bring back Dudley, maybe you bring back Corver on a minimum. And then I also have Boogie coming back in this scenario to replace Dwight. Um, for the mm-hmm. minimum at a minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Okay. Yeah. And that'll put the Lakers about what? $2 million over the tax. That's not a, a terrible amount that, you know, but that's the choice you have really. If I believe Marquise's going to command a, a decent salary and, and mm-hmm. Dwight will as well. So you replace Dwight with the guy who you had at your club last year and just didn't get to work out for the minimum, you know? So, right. That's a, not that's, a good op- that's probably where I'd go. If you can't, if Dwight leaves and the Willie Colley Stein option doesn't work out, Boogie would probably be my, my plan mm-hmm. C, I think, in that scenario. Although I think for the Lakers, I, they, they seem to really value, value the guys they have. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how they reward players with raises, who they're able to reward with raises versus, you know, just having higher market values elsewhere. I think, like you said, Markeith might be one of those guys that just, LA can't quite make it work for him unless they give him that that mini MLE, which ruins some of my plans. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's an interesting one. Whether they bring back Cook and Dudley at minimum deals, or well, Cook at what he's at, or if they cut him, stretch him, and then re-sign him at the minimum, 
uh, lots of different possible small iterations based on how the team feels about these guys and how they want their experience to be that can impact who exactly you're able to chase. So in your scenario, Tom, what, uh, so I see you addressing shooting with Corver. I see you addressing that third scoring option with Gallinari and keeping Dudley around, grabbing Willie Colley Stein as a big man to, to have in there because you're losing Markeith, you're losing Dwight. Are you worried about going down one big man compared to what the Lakers had last playoffs? Or actually, we know you're adding Boogie as well. Is that correct? No. To, or do you not have space for him? To, you don't have space I don't him. have space on like my first path with Gallo. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the path with Boogie is high upside guy for a minimum. You know, um, to me, then, and while still kind of trying to run it back, that's the run it back path. Right. So then my question for what you've pitched becomes, are you, my, my two concerns would be, we didn't address wing stopper. Okay. And how do we feel about going down one body from our big man rotation in the playoffs or, or in the playoffs, it becomes JaVale McGee's going to be playing. It'll be JaVale and Willie Colley Stein instead of. Uh, Markeith, Dwight, JaVale, kind of here and there being able to play. You just have less flexibility, I, I should say. I guess to me, it's I'm, I don't think Gallinari is an awful defender. He still like has size and length. Um, he's slow for sure. But to, I also wasn't particularly impressed with Markeith Morris's defense a lot. Um, and maybe that scheme, a lot of it was him not kind of knowing where to be at times. That, but... I, I think you could just get more minutes out of a guy like Gallinari. Uh, I mean, there are sections of the playoffs, too, where, where Markeith wasn't getting a whole lot of run. And I don't think that happens with Gallinari. Um, I think that the Lakers will be more willing to dive into AD at the five because that's what they became toward the end, you know. And when you have AD at the five, you still have Kuzma, uh, hopefully a guy who can put on on defenders with some length at least i i think the lakers defense as far as having a wing stopper isn't as necessary as long as they can keep um their advantage with like versatility and i still think willie collie stein you know is maybe unlikely on on the side of possibilities i would love to see that but you know once you get into not having Willie Cauley Stein, and then you have Gallo and Tristan Thompson instead, or Gallo and Nerlens Noel. That's when I get nervous. Uh, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, I, I think the Willie Cauley Stein element of this, um, like the things he can do offensively and defensively, make me me confident that he can uh, be a plus player off the bench in like a fifteen to twenty minute role. Right, and if we look at their defense from an effectiveness standpoint they've been similar over the past year or two. One big difference I see is that Markeith has been utilized much more versatile than Gallinari has. Mm -hmm. And then I just have to try to convince myself that LA can just continue playing the same scheme that they have been playing with Gallo in there as your, he he would, I I don't think they'd call him your small ball five, but he would be playing alongside AD as, as the four or, like, can we play LeBron Gallo as your four five the way that the Lakers played LeBron Markeith? I don't, I don't quite know if you can do that anymore. Hmm. So I, do, I think you do lose a little bit in terms of the types of lineups you might be able to run out. Again, that lineup didn't play much. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't the best that LA had. Uh, I think playing alongside AD will help cover up with, for some of those mistakes. And on the perimeter, he's he's not good. Yeah. <laughs> Mar- Mar- Markeith isn't fantastic either. It's not a huge drop off. I if if you can if you can use him versatile and he can succeed in that kind of role and just kind of hold his own a bit because he doesn't have to be a great defender, but he has to be just good enough that teams can't just target him all day long and put you in a position where you're losing value overall with him on the court, or you take him off and you lose that offensive piece of things, and then at that point, just with the roster you'd have left over, there isn't much versatility that the team would have. Um, so I don't know. There's there's just so much to consider. It's such a complex question. It's what makes this really interesting, really challenging. It's where guys like Rob Polinka can really earn that money and show us that he's 
able to sort through all these these complex scenarios. And I'm sure he has people working with him. They probably have just whiteboards or chalkboards mm-hmm. or something full of different contingency plans of if this, then exactly. that. Um, but yeah, I, I like both of our scenarios. And Same. I think being able to – just some of what I've learned through this is having less guys on the roster – not filling that 14th and 15th spot or for you or for, for me, not filling that 15th spot gives you a little bit more money. Uh, making that trade gives you more money. If Avery Bradley does opt in, you can trade him too. Or if Mar- uh, JaVale McGee opts in, you can trade him as well. Yeah. So there are, those are some of the players who would be easy, probably easier to move if you just want to save two or three or four or five million dollars to spend on someone else yeah um if they opt in so those are two other things that we might see that i didn't dig i didn't do any sort of deep dive and plan out what that might look like but i can easily see that being the difference between you know instead of javel and i I don't know kyle corver you get boogie and you're able to keep rondo instead of augustine or you're able to get Mo Harkless instead of Corver or something. I'm not sure what it looks like, but yeah, there, there are a lot of different possible combinations, which is why I'm excited to take this template that we've been using and playing around with for hours and let the people on the discord screw around with it and pitch us their best ideas. And and we can collectively try to find what the, the optimal solution might be. Man, just the shooting that Gallinari provides the level of like uh, size and shooting to me, uh, just it makes me excited to improve on what the Lakers, you know, one of their weaknesses was. And if you can still like drop a little bit, maybe on defense, but but go up a lot on offense and efficiency, that's huge, man. Because that second unit just got demolished. Sometimes, uh, you know, sometimes it was, it was regular season Rondo. Yeah, uh, you know, sometimes it was Kuzma, maybe not becoming the guy that. We thought he he could be, but this to me is the role where you keep Kuzma in that, you know, defensive slasher, you know, focused role and have him still spot up a little bit. But you don't have to rely on him as much because you have a guy like Gallinari and that's just an upgrade to me. Yep. Yeah, I I, absolutely. For sure. Gallinari is such a a big upgrade on the offensive end and and you have correctly pointed out that the shooting in particular will be really useful because he's a guy that can get buckets. Uh, he's someone that can play with the starters really well and be a th- when he, when we talk about being a third scorer with the starters, it's going to be playing that Danny green role a lot of times where you just catch and you knock down open shots. Um, but he's also someone you can go to late clock or he's someone that on, in a bench unit can be an initiator of, of your scoring and in, in playmaking just a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, he, he provides flexibility in how he fits, which I think is really valuable. And as long as you can make the defense work and if it does happen, uh, we're probably going to spend a bunch of time trying to figure out the best way to make that happen. He can be a huge, huge ad for this team. And maybe uh, we've talked about like slotting players correctly. Like right. Tyler hero in the playoffs wasn't slotted the way Miami would want when, right. they, when they played the Lakers. And because of that, he was in a worse situation. Does uh, Kyle Kuzma, being slotted differently and being more of even even less of an on-ball guy. Yeah. Does that improve what he's able to do? Is he willing to buy into that role as a guy who is looking for an extension, might not get one, might get traded? What He's trying to play for his next contract as well in theory. So uh, there's just so many variables to consider. Yeah, I mean – I know John Hollinger recently said that he'd maybe be a $6 million player on the market and, uh, you know, might seem a little harsh to some people, but, you know, it, it sounds about right to me. And for, and furthermore, honestly, um, having Gallo in the regular season gives you a guy that can score 20, 25 points when LeBron or AD are sitting, which mm-hmm. I think we all kind of expect to happen quite a bit this season. Yep. Uh, it gives you, an extra yeah an extra gun to kind of coast through the and he may be more valuable in the regular season than he is in the playoffs ultimately but i don't think the drop off in the playoffs is so bad where he's unplayable uh like pretty much ever because he can score you know i still think he's a plus and i also i'm like last thing on him to me why i kind of chose him over abaka was the smoke was the report of him, you know, 
to an Italian, you know, reporter, I think, saying, like, I'm not 20 anymore. You know, I want to win championships. And him congratulating the Lakers on Twitter, like, all that stuff to me seems mm-hmm. kind of meaningless. But to me, that kind of signals something, at least. Yeah. And on the opposite end of the spectrum, and I don't know what the reporting has been or whatever leaks have happened, but thinking about what Ibaka's value might be and what he might be willing to take – I see scenarios where there are so many other teams that could really, really use him and it would be such a lift to what they're able to do. So I don't, a lot of those teams don't have more than that full MLE to spend, at least right now. But if another team that's close to contending can trade and create space where they're able to sign him for more than that, more than that full MLE, he might be able to go make more money elsewhere. Um, But yeah, he, both, both guys I think would be good value at that money. I definitely see how, Gallo makes a ton of sense. If we think about the roster I put together, you didn't really add that third score. You added Augustine mm-hmm. to run the second unit. You added Willie Cauley-Stein, who is more the the finisher and then that versatile piece defensively. You added Josh Jackson for his defense and standstill shooting. Uh, you didn't really... And, and you added Ibaka, who you're not going to be getting or expecting a ton of offense through, although he does... He will be a good pick and pop guy. Mm-hmm. He will be a short roll player and he is a floor spacer and a pretty darn good three point shooter in his own right. So for me, the way I can try to justify that from an offensive standpoint is as the third guy on the court, I don't need as much self creation. I'm okay if you're comparable from a shooting standpoint with having that big man less. Like he's going to score less than Gallinari, but how much different would his role in that starting unit look like than Gallinari's um, from a types of shots standpoint and what's most useful? So I don't, again, there's a lot to think about. I can go either way. I can, I could have made a Gallinari uh, push as well, and I'd be happy with either. So that's what I'm thinking. I think it keeps LA to what they like to do defensively. And that's what I'm going to focus on. I think there's enough offensively that, if we think LeBron and AD are fine, are going to be playing all that, we're, we're fine. I'm more worried about the playoffs than the regular season. I'm okay if LeBron has to sit a game, a couple games in the regular season and you don't have that backup scoring option. If we lose those games, we lose those games. That's not the most concerning to me. I think once we get to the playoffs, you have the 1A, you have that 1B scoring options with LeBron and AD. Maybe by that time it's reversed. I don't know. Um, and at that point in time, I like Ibaka specifically for the playoffs more than I would Gallinari. Part of that, a big part of that is the defense. So if you can figure the defense out with Gallo, that may boost him up. In the regular season, I'd rather have Gallo. Um, but that's that's where I am, and that's why it's, to me, it's not a clear answer, and I can definitely support either argument. This is the the painstaking work it takes, man, and so much, so much more. Uh goes into this like what we did but you just see quickly when you try to do this that it it it, there's so many barriers and hurdles and um it's it's fascinating though this is the game this is the giant puzzle this is why i love it so much uh but really quick here Mm -hmm. i want to kind of talk about a couple of things that we assumed on both of our kind of pathways that might not necessarily happen right like let's we both presumed that dwight howard would be leaving what would it look like? What kind of path would it take for Dwight to come back? Do you think, he, he, like Bradley opts in? Let's say that, right? Uh, the Lakers. Do you think they give Dwight some of their uh, their mini mid level? So Dwight would be able to because they don't have his bird rights. He they could bring him back on a one year three million seventy seven thousand seven hundred four dollar deal and be going over the cap and and be fine there. So let's see if we plug – so we plug Bradley back in. If we plug Dwight Howard back in, we've got a minimum. You don't have space for the full MLE. Let's see. Do we have space for the mini? You wouldn't have space for the mini, mm-hmm. and that's with me paying Augustine only four mil. Let's see. What if we we assume we trade Cook and the 28? Okay. So then that would work. If you make the same trade that you did yeah. where you trade 28 and Cook away, Bradley can opt in. You can bring Dwight back on that 20% raise from last season. You can get a mini MLE guy for me. That would be Mo Harkless or Justin Holiday or Kent Bazemore or Wesley Matthews if he's available. Uh, 
and then you still have a, a minimum slot that would get you to we would still have i think 14 guys here um oh no i think that would give us yeah no yeah that would be 14 dudes uh and with that minimum i would probably be still looking at you know what for that i'd go kyle corver or glenn robinson because we would have gotten one of those wing stoppers to address that that slot so i don't want josh jackson anymore so yeah that that works too yeah, I guess that's the first domino that'll fall, right, is the draft pick coming up mm-hmm. on the 18th. Uh, and that $1.9 million cap hit is not insignificant to where the Lakers are. That is the difference between them having a depth piece that is a rookie or having Kyle Korver, you know, which, which or, or Glenn Robinson, like you said. So which like, where do you fall? And we'll talk on Monday. Like I said, there's a chance the Lakers could keep this pick. Their scouting department deserves a, a serious consideration at it, at least. Um, but do you think the Lakers keep that pick coming up on for the draft? I think they won't. Yeah. I think they are seeing what we're seeing. I believe they'll understand that the name of the game is winning titles. And right now you can sacrifice that potential future upside there with that pick. Realistically, it's not going to be like a franchise changing player, but the value of it at 28 from an asset standpoint is worth less now than maybe you estimate it'll be in two years when they make another great draft pick and and Mm -hmm. he's able to impress some people and be worth more. But then if you think about, where is that path to minutes? Where is that path to the rotation? Thinking back to our conversation with Alex Regla a week or two ago, it's not really there that this year. So the immediate impact, unless it's a, a great fit that can do one thing really well, I, I don't see a Yeah, definitely. And the last thing I want to do here, Tim, is, you know, we're we're competitive guys, you and I. We we like we like a good competition. So in that vein, we are going to put our teams, I think, up on Twitter or something, get you guys to vote on which pathway, like our main pathways, which which they do work now. Tim's got to trade Quinn Cook for Willie Cauley Stein, uh, like I did, because I claimed that first. That's my that's my <laughs> pathway. Uh uh-huh. to 13-player roster. Uh, but we will put it out there. I'm going to just list off my team right now, right? So these are guys guaranteed on the roster. you got LeBron, AD, Danny Green, KCP at 13 mil, Danilo Gallinari for the full MLE, Rondo at 6.8, JaVale lops in, Kyle Kuzma doesn't get traded yet, maybe at the trade deadline. you got Alex Caruso, Willie Cauley-Stein uh, for that player option he'll opt into after the trade, and then THT, along with bringing in Kyle Korver at the minimum and retaining Jared Dudley at the minimum as well. And that gives me exactly $0 left in the apron. <laughs> great great asset management. Great accounting. <laughs> Thank you. On, on my end, we have LeBron, we have AD, we've got Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso, THT. I'm keeping my 28 pick. I'm cutting and stretching Quinn Cook. I am assuming JaVale opts in. I'm going to bring KCP back at 12 mil or just maybe very slightly over that, whatever it takes to get me to $0. Uh, DJ Augustine at 4.1 million. Markeith Morris at about 2.8 mil, which again might be less than he's worth and he might not come back. And if he doesn't come back, we'll say Jeff Green. But for this purposes, for these purposes, we'll say we keep Markeith. Uh, with the full MLE, I'm getting Serge Ibaka. And then I am trading for Willie Cauley-Stein. Oh, right. Yeah, I'm trading for Willie Cauley-Stein. And then I have Josh Jackson at the minimum. 
Wait, how, what, what was the Willie Cauley Stein again? It was trade Cook and the pick for him? I, I have them trading the number one pick because they have to uh, based on on the, the numbers. I, I, I don't think you have to. So if you can trade Quinn Cook and whatever else you think you have to for Willie Cauley Stein, mm. I don't think they're just going to do that straight up. So that was my logic because they probably won't do it straight okay. up and it might take the pick money-wise for me to, to do All right. it. I'm going to say Willie Cauley signs, signs for the minimum. There we go. Okay. Bold. He's chasing a title. He uh, thinks he'll make more money playing cards on the plane against LeBron than he would make playing for Dallas. Tim. Tim is just the, f- the believer. I love it. Um, I believe. I think I have. I think I have a chance here, Tom. I, we're both very competitive. Yes. I know I have two guys in Markeith and Willie Cauley Stein that are worth more than I am paying them. So, watch out. So does that mean like I get a spread? That means I have to get a spread, right? Then, if you're like, and that's fully all the time admitted. we have, folks. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Maybe this is why I always win because I always get you on admitting too much. Um, <laughs> I'm too honest of a guy. Yeah, Tim, I'm telling you, can I get like an extra million out of this, out of your admittance that you're underpaying Wait, How does that work? Guys? How do people vote on that? Like, what does that mean then? No, it's like you have to get, you know, 53% to beat me. Oh, I see what you mean. <laughs> I'll give you, I'll give you 53. Too easy. All right, let's go. Uh, vote. Now I have to win with a vig. This is ridiculous. <laughs> go, yeah, go... Go to my Twitter. Don't go to Tom's. And uh, go vote in the poll I'm going to put up when we get this episode up. This has been a good pod, guys. Maybe we got to do this every season because I had fun. It was a lot of work, but uh, I can't wait to, you know, take more of Tim's proverbial money. (laughs) Yeah, this this was fun. It was a cool exercise. I'd encourage others to join the Discord and, and go through this with us and tell us what you can do, because if you just go say, oh, you should have gotten this person, this person, this person, you know, show me how it works with the money. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's really what I've learned with this. So if you do want to join the Discord, uh, DM me a screenshot of a five-star review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts uh, or iTunes, either works, um, and we'll get you in there and you can join the, the trash talk and talking about, we were talking about Malik Beasley and, and a, uh, DeMar DeRosa, all kinds of different yeah, possible options. Um, I, we're no, not going to talk about DeRozan today. Neither, no. I know neither of us are a big fan. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, go check that out. Um, we'll post this poll up on Twitter. And yeah, we need to do. We've we've gotten all through the the hard stuff, all of this, the playoffs, all that grind. Now that we're getting into next season, after all this stuff happens, we need to get some more fun segments in here. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, maybe talk jerseys. Get some fun guests on. Uh, get back to those old questions that we used to have that were like, if you're going on a road trip and you were going with I don't know, LeBron yeah. and Kyle Kuzma and Markeith Morris and Dwight Howard, like who's driving, who's got the music, who's packing the yeah. stuff, stuff like that. Yeah. I, I remember those days. So, uh, yeah, that, I think that's all from us today. Yeah. I mean, I'll let you do the closing. No, no. <laughs> wait, I just wanted to say, like, we, I saw that report about DeMar DeRozan as well. Something about it didn't sit right with me. Like, it just doesn't make any sense, like, strategy wise. And also, it felt like where the source was coming from. I don't know. I just, something smelled off to me. I didn't really put too much credence into it. So I didn't want to talk about it. But if that's a pathway, like, you can, you can light that repeat on fire uh, and yeah. possibly throw and, it in and the in garbage. Response, yeah, and in response to that, Kyle Kuzma went on Twitter and tried to tank his trade value for <laughs> 24 hours as well. So go go check that out. Yeah, he's as I said on Twitter, Kyle Kuzma has never been known for his shot selection. So <laughs> um, with that, we will catch you guys on Monday talking draft and uh, yeah, leave those uh, five star reviews. We'll talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. 
That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.